You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology and the songs that we sing. My name is Pastor Joel. Hello, welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. Today, I am joined by my great friend, Nathaniel Weiss. I'm kidding, that's not how you say your last name. It's Weiss, right? It's Weiss, Okay. Yes. But you know, um, you're not from, are you, fa- you have family in the North, right? No, a lot of my family's from West Virginia. I don't okay. know if you consider that North. No, it's but. not. It's West in the name, so I can't yeah. consider it North. <laughs> but... You know, there's a there's like a um, supermarket up in the north, and they yes. call it, but they call it Weas in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I every time we go up there because my wife has pe- family in Pennsylvania. That's I, right. I walk in there like I own the place. You're like yeah. I am Weas. Thank yes. you very much. I am his great great grandson. Uh, mm-hmm. I would like free food and all groceries. That's right. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah. So Nathan, Nathan Weas. Can do we? Do you go by Nathan now or Nate? Nate either it's one. okay. You're not like either my brother one. who at one point was Jimmy and is now James. I don't, either one's fine. Okay. Yeah. So Nathan Weiss, uh, you are basically the second in command at our Gloucester campus. You do basically everything, including music, youth, janitorial, 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 other Janitor- duties as assigned. Mm, other duties as assigned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adsa. Adds, sorry, that was stupid. Anyway, I'm not going to cut that. So, yes, Nate is here with me. Uh, I have known Nate for a long time. We have been serving in ministry for a long time. We both share the same uh, passion for singing the best truths in the best context on a Sunday morning. And so we're going to unpack a song that's been really, uh, really just a huge blessing to us personally. But then also our church um, really kind of came underneath uh, this song well like they really listened to it and and really let that kind of guide them in worship to the Lord on a, on a Sunday uh, and so we're going to talk about the song Is He Worthy? Is He Worthy was written by Andrew Peterson uh, in around 2018 uh, I think you and I were there at the Behold the Lamb of God concert in Richmond when mm-hmm. he debuted it on that tour right? Yeah Andrew Peterson so is probably my favorite musician songwriter yeah. uh, I love Andrew and I've I've gone every year to his Behold the Lamb of God Christmas concert and Joel and I were there a couple of years ago where he said hey I'm going to play I have a record coming out around next Easter and I want to play a couple of songs off of that record and he played as he worthy a couple of months before it was released and even then we were like wow this is an awesome song yeah like, and this is really good it was re- it was really really good and the the difference though was you know for more of the um you know, the, the funny thing is when we talk about a lot of these songs, some people won't even know any of the songs that we talk about with the more CCM contemporary big church songs because they're not in that world. A lot of people are more in that kind of small church, rural world, right? Or just less the energy, more kind of subdued worship. And so because of that, the difference, sometimes people don't even see songs like this. And so for a while, not a long time, but Izzy Worthy went under the radar, and the only people that really knew it were people who liked Andrew Peterson, who or who were in that kind of subdued uh, worship services with not the huge lights and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I remember we decided to do it in our singing the gospel service for the first time, uh, where we every year we would do this uh, service around the beginning of December because there was a bunch of weeks in December, and so we would just do kind of like a. One week we'd do like a, not like a a one-off, but we would basically sing the entire service and we'd go through Jesus, basically the gospel, like Jesus before he's born, him being God eternal, and then his incarnation, and then uh, we talk about 
um, his death, his life, his death, and his resurrection. And so we would do that right around the time of Christmas. And so we put "Is He Worthy?" because it was just such a great song. Uh, and we introduced it, and the church loved it. And then so that for that Christmas Eve, we did "Is He Worthy?" and it was really good. Uh, and then uh, we've been doing it ever since. And then we we do it on Sundays ever so often, and um, it's been great. the The reason why "Is He Worthy?" finally took off was. Uh, Chris Tomlin finally used his power for good. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, he took the song in a good way. He he and Andrew Peterson did a couple videos about it and did a couple videos together. And uh, everyone knows when Chris Tomlin does a song, uh, 90% of the churches will now do that song. And so Izzy Worthy got a ton of exposure. Um, and the lyrics are, are great. Real quick, I'll, I'll kind of walk through the lyrics. Um, uh, but before we go into that, um, I want to give just a quick disclaimer too about the, a couple episodes from now, or I think it's probably gonna be next week's episode. Um, so when we go through lyrics, right. Um, you know, oftentimes uh, I want to give every line a fair shake, right. And so I need to give as much time to it, as much research to it. And if I'm going to look at scripture, I'm going to, I'm going to have it on, on hand. And, uh, but the difficulty is being able to unpack every line means this podcast is going to go for an hour rather than 15 minutes, which I want to keep it at. Uh, and so in one of the episodes, in the future episode, uh, Cliff and I talk about Graves in a Garden, song by Elevation, uh, and the line, you call me friend, right? And in, in the podcast, I say, you know, when I think about the line, you call me friend, I really only think that the Old Testament really touches on that, referring to Abraham, not us, right? So one, I was wrong. Jesus calls us friend, two, uh, one, and then two, uh, but I was right in that I, I want us to be singing the best truth in the best context. And so when we think Jesus calls us friend, we need to remember what Jesus was saying when he said that, right? He doesn't just say, you're my friend. And it's not Jesus wept, boom, that's it. It's no, it's John 15. And so he's saying in John 15, 11, I've spoken these things to you, right? That you, 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 uh, as the father has loved me, I've also loved you remain in my love, right? I've spoken these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command, love one another, one, love one another as I have loved you. No love is greater than this than for someone to lay his life down for his friends, right? And then he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. So it's, he's laying his life down for his friends. You are his friends if you do what he, he commands. And then he says, I do not call you 15. I do not call you slaves anymore because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends because I have made known to you everything I've heard from my father. You did not choose me, I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit and that the fruit should remain so that whatever you ask my father in his name, in my name, he will give you, okay? So, yes, he calls us friend, but it's not just outright. There's there's reasons to it, right? We're, we're friend in not slaves anymore. We are friends because we do what he, what he commands and what scripture is and what he has commanded us to do, with it, which in this context is to love one another. Uh, and so I just, I wanted us though to remember we don't, we can't just keep saying these like one-off statements and songs without really giving the context for it. So I, I will admit I was wrong. I didn't give it a fair shake. I didn't do enough research beforehand and made a, a quick kind of snap judgment about the line. Uh, but I, I, I still believe we need to continue to sing the best truth in the best context. Okay. So that's the little disclaimer for next week. Uh, so back to Izzy Worthy. So Izzy Worthy, uh, you have this call and response, which is really cool. You don't have that in any other song. Uh, so you have lines like, do you feel the world is broken? And when you respond, we do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you, do you wish that you could see it all made new? Right. You do. And then you have, is all creation groaning? It is. Is a new creation coming? It is. Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? It is. Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? Right. And then the chorus, is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The lion of Judah who conquered the grave. 
He is David's root and the lamb who died to ransom the slave. Okay, so I want, because I know Nate, you know, one, Nate's uh, probably a hundred times smarter than me. And then um, uh, probably then like 50 times smarter than everyone else in every room, right? I'm, th- I'm saying I'm dumb and he's definitely smarter than me. And then he's still smarter than everyone else in the room. Um, Not true. It is true. Uh, so <clears throat> we've been talking about seeing the best truth in the best context. Careful with the cable there. Sorry. Uh, and we need to not just throw these lines out there. That is a very specific line. Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The mm. average congregate and obviously all non-Christians are, are going to have no idea what that means. So could mm-hmm. you walk me through really that course, but mainly that line? I think that that's the line that needs explanation. Yes. So this song is almost word for word at parts revelation chapter five uh so for just as a side comment for worship leaders out there listening i would highly recommend before you play this song maybe read revelation chapter five give your congregation just a brief understanding like that it comes from this chapter this is what's going on in the scripture and in that chapter what we're seeing is the apostle john is given a vision of heaven And he's basically, the curtain is pulled back and he is brought into heaven after Jesus has died on the cross. He's been raised from the dead. He's been exalted to the right hand of the father. And John gets to see things as they really are Mm. in heaven. And it's really an incredible scene. And in Revelation chapter five, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but we see in chapter five that there is this scroll that no one in heaven is worthy to open and to break its seals. It says verse three, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy. Mm. And I believe, I think most commentators agree that the scroll symbolizes God's purposes, God's plans, God's will for history, God's plan for the world. Who is worthy to execute God's plan? But then we see in verse five, none of the one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And then in between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. And we get this amazing description of Jesus. And when Jesus steps up, all of heaven breaks forth in praise, singing that he is worthy because he has shed his blood for every tribe, tongue, and nation. He has made us a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So Mm. basically what all of that is to say is this song is giving this incredible depiction of Jesus, and it's inviting us to recognize that he is worthy to execute God's plans for history. And all of these biblical allusions, like, for example, David's root, the lamb who died, those things, those are... They're context specific, but I think it's also a great teaching opportunity for a congregation. So sure, don't just throw it out there and assume they know what the scroll is, Um, but use that as an opportunity. Read that chapter, give a brief explanation of what it means. And yeah. Yeah. You know, this is this is the ultimate goal of every worship service, right? It is to exalt Christ. You know, I, I know I've said. Um, our, my criteria is gospel-centered, Christ-exalting, congregationally friendly, right? Not every song is going to always fit that exactly, and that doesn't mean that's a bad song, right? We And one, and one, uh, one podcast episode, we're going to talk about Yes, I Will, right? It does not talk about the gospel. It does not even, even mention Jesus, but it's still a really good song to sing because it has a really good theme in it, right? 
Um, so think also holistically for your whole service. Are you exalting Christ in the songs in some way? Are you centered in the gospel in your songs in some way? And are you congregationally friendly in the songs in some way? You cannot use the excuse that your pastor is preaching the gospel to not then unpack the gospel in some of your songs on a Sunday morning, right? The, the preaching is not just, okay, it's the gospel and the pastor does that all that legwork, the theological legwork, and then we just kind of sing the fun stuff that really gets us into it to get us ready for that. No, we need to be engaging our hearts and our minds in singing, not just our hearts because it feels nice. Absolutely. Uh, and so for this song, you gotta do, you have to do some legwork, right? Like Nate's saying, you got to prepare and then you need to prepare your church for this song too. But the, the, the reality um, that it pushes in front of your, your congregation is, I think, second to none, right? The, the things it forces your congregation to say, right? The, the, the built-in call and response. Now it's not just me kind of consuming. I actually have to take part in the worship and singing. When you, the worship leader, say, hey, uh, does the Father truly love us? And you have to say, he does, right? Does the Spirit move among us? He does. And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those he's lo- he loves? He does, right? You don't just sing that. You say back the truth that it, that this is true. And so uh, I, I think churches would do well to do this song more, but uh, I have to take it through my criteria. So let's let's walk it through. Is it Christ-exalting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the most Christ-exalting song I've ever seen. Uh, is it gospel-centered? Um, yes and no. I mean, so d- does it unpack redemption, justification, kind of that thing? Not necessarily. Uh, but it does talk about Christ dying uh, and, and and saving, um, holding those forever he loves. Um, he was died to ransom the slaves. So there is there is some gospel language, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's so overtly gospel-centered. So that's fine. So it doesn't meet that criteria. Is it congregationally friendly? I think so. I think so. I think it's, it's unique. It's not what we're used to, the no. whole call and response. But I think that, that the fact that it's unique can almost gives it a little bit more power. Because yeah. it, it kind of lets people's guard down. It kind of makes them think a little bit more before they sing. And it makes them think more about the line, does the Father truly love me? Well, he does. I've got to respond with he yeah. does. And yeah. I, so I think and it's congregationally friendly in a unique way. Yeah. And I think it makes up for, because there are some moments, right, The when you're singing, is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? Right, that line those lines can be a little difficult for the average congregate to sing. Um, and so the the nice part is that you do have built into the verses a really easy kind of call and response. All you're singing is two words, right? It is either he does, we do, or it is. Uh, and then you just can, and then even at the end, the victorious he is, he is, he is. Um, that really, you know, you it's pretty easy to sing. So I'd say it's congregationally friendly. Now, I would say when you're thinking about it for the from, from the perspective of an outsider, someone who's maybe not a Christian or a really young Christian, this is not the easiest song to get, right? The first part maybe because you're teaching them, but you need to really make sure your church knows what's going on in this song. And so, um I have said it in the past and I've said I say it in uh, many of these podcast episodes that if you're having to do an explanation every time you do a song, um, you might need to think about where you do the song in what context, right? Um, because you're always going to have new people every week, hopefully. And, and so think about that when you're thinking about the song. So I would say as a pastor, I do this song and I love this song, but every time I do this song, I give some type of explanation. Um, and I, I, 
I know I've said if that's the case, then don't do this song. But I think for this song, it outweighs. This is such a good song. The explanation isn't making up for theological um, vagueness or ambiguity. It's giving people clarity to then make the song richer. So I think it's just different. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite. I'm not trying to say that. Um, so I, I, Pastor Joel verdict. I would do this verdict. I would do the song. I would do the song. Um, uh, not cra- not crazy often, but I would use this song for, you know, gosh, every big Sunday, I would use the song Easter, Christmas, um, just use it as, as well as, as, um, pertinently as you can. Yeah. I, this song is a cheat meal. You know, it's, it's, I'm saying that cause I've been on a diet it's a and cheat I'm, meal. <laughs> I've already like, you know, Friday night is my cheat night. So I've been fantasizing about what I'm going to have. But anyway, what are you going to have? I haven't decided yet. I'm still, mm. I, if you only get one a week, you got to make it worth it. But anyway, is it worthy of it? it? It will. Hopefully we had dominoes last week. Oh, so that's not worthy. Is it worthy? Sorry. Um, but you know, it's one of those songs I could think of a couple others where you're, you're it's not going to be in your regular diet. I don't think for your congregation songs that you're doing all the time. Yeah, but it's but it really is a special song that when you do it, it could it can have a lot of meaning for people. It can really enrich a worship service. Uh, But it could I could see it getting tired and being a stumbling block. Yeah. Yeah. If you try to do it as one of your staple rotation songs. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again, guys, for listening. Thank you, Nate, for being on this podcast. me. Uh, you guys, if you ever have any suggestions, um, comments, or uh, ideas, or critiques, just send it to theologyandmusic at gmail.com. But you guys have a wonderful day. And I have one question for you, Nate. What is it? Do you, f- do you feel the world is broken with COVID-19? It is. <laughs> I guess that's